in terms of wellness versus well-being, wellness is again like that that multidimensional concept of like these are the different elements mm. of wellness. Your well-being really has to do with again like how you are on a day-to-day level, um, and like what like how that how that's translating for you in the moment. Hello and welcome to the Helping Organisations Thrive podcast. This is your host, Julian Roberts. This podcast is to provide leaders with insights, discussions and robust strategies to help their companies thrive. We'll be interviewing business leaders, owners, experts and thought leaders in the field of business resilience. Do enjoy the episode. Welcome to Helping Organisations Thrive. Uh, today I have the pleasure of tarrying Carl Mayer on the show. Uh, welcome to you, Taryn. Thank you so much for having me, Julian. I'm really excited to be here. Yes, good to have you on the show. You are the founder and chief wellness officer of Remote Team Wellness. There's a clue in that, what we might be talking about later on. Uh, your business is, is the world's first fully live remote wellness solution for companies, and you provide live digital digital wellness coaching retreats and workshops for corporate clients um and we will be exploring uh, remote uh, workplace wellness challenges trends and opportunities before we get there Taryn uh, what do you love about what you do oh what I really love about what I do is learning so I'm a I'm a lifelong student and I think that learning is probably one of the things that I value most especially when it comes to my work. Uh, so I really love being able to create this company in response to the pandemic. Um, and as obviously as the founder of a company, you are in the space, I, I read Hoffman says it's the best that you're in the space of kind of building a plane as it crashes to the ground. <laughs> um, so yeah, so really in that space, I, I, I've really enjoyed learning and adapting and being flexible also really it's also really in line with my my life philosophy of like infinite flexibility is really the answer to um to being able to be adaptable to being able to open be open to change and um that's really what i love about what i get to do every single day but it's also wellness is not this fixed um fixed thing it is multi-dimensional so it means there has to be different ways of looking at it there has to be new ways of examining it and that's why i love it <laughs> Um, and before we get into talking wellness and wellness in the workplace, mm-hmm. uh, what what was the journey for you in getting into wellness? Why wellness, and why are you so passionate about it? What, what what's the thing that mm-hmm. resonates with for you? Yeah, so for me, it's it's actually kind of obviously a result as all wellness practitioners, and it's all of us have had our, had our own wellness journeys and our own well-being journeys. Um, I grew up dancing very active, um, and it wasn't until I got very badly injured that I actually really had to start to take a step back and look at how I was treating my my body and how I was going to rehabilitate myself rather than just enforcing my own will on my body. My body, our bodies are so intuitive and so <laughs> they're, they're so, they're so built to give us what we need, but not always necessarily what we want. And so that was the kind of initiation phase of my journey of really having a space where I was injured and I could not do as 
the things that I usually could do. I couldn't function in the way that I usually could. And I had to actually sit with myself and figure out how I was going to make it better rather than think about why it was so bad right now. Um, and that led me to yoga. That led me to um, to actually studying osteopathy, which is a manual therapy. I know it's it's different in different places in the world, but osteopathy is a, is a really incredible manual therapy that looks at the root cause of all dysfunction and disease. Um, and so that journey really led me into a deeper understanding of obviously human anatomy, physiology, um, biomechanics, and that led me to really wanting to not only rehabilitate myself, but share information with other people about how to heal themselves, how to rehabilitate themselves, how to work with their bodies rather than against their bodies, because there's so much conflicting information that we have. Um, and the body is really the first level of that information that's coming through to us at any moment. You know, you have a headache, you have, you have a fever, you have a migraine, your body is speaking to you all the time. Um, and so that's, that's, I, that's something I wanted to understand a little bit more. And that's how my wellness journey began. So it was a, a physical injury that caused you to get into this. And I guess, um, <laughs> yes. It's interesting, you, you went into aspects of what I would call sort of mental health type things, yoga, meditation, uh, which obviously, they're obviously intrinsically linked, aren't they, our physical and our mental. Uh, I think often in life we try to separate it. You know, that's our yeah. physical, that's our mental, but actually there's a there's a link either way. And Absolutely. And just, just on that, in terms of, I guess, definition, we talk wellness is well-being wellness the same for you and we all we all sort of interchange with that it'd be interesting to understand that but also how do you define wellness from your perspective hmm. so okay i'll answer i'll answer well-being versus wellness after what is wellness for me from my perspective wellness is a holistic way of looking at your whole your whole life what is keeping you functioning healthy and optimi- optimally well um, so that includes your mental, financial, environmental, um, emotional, physical health, all wrapped up, up into one package. So it's not just it's not just one thing. It's literally you as a whole human being, um, and what you're what you're doing to you know maintain and keep yourself living at an optimal state of thriving, rather than just staying in a state of you know fight or flight or in a survival mode. That's what wellness is to me. In terms of wellness versus well-being, wellness is, again, like that that multidimensional concept of like these are the different elements mm. of wellness. Your well-being really has to do with, again, like how you are on a day-to-day level um, and like what like how that how that's translating for you in the moment. So like well-being and wellness sometimes are interchangeable, but generally they are talking about separate things. More Wellness is a little bit more big picture, whereas well-being is a little bit more like daily tangible how you're taking care of yourself that makes sense yeah that makes sense so so one is the more what you're going towards i guess i'm almost like a wellness type strategy sort of long term Mm -hmm. and then the well-being is the how you executing on a daily basis that would that be exactly totally absolutely like how you're being right now (laughs) yeah well (laughs) and then wellness is like your it's your journey it's like what what does that look like how can you start to adapt for the things that you eventually you eventually want to join? Now you mentioned a number of wellness um, aspects in your definition. I, I, 
and I've written down some of them, which are from from a blog I read of yours as well. Um, I mean, there's, was it physical, emotional, occupational, environmental, intellect, social, spiritual? Um, yeah. Can you just pick a couple of those and just expand upon that? Because because that means that feels a bit more holistic and yeah. and, take, and broadens that a little bit more than just it's making you feel I feel happy. I've got good nutrition and I exercise and my workplace is a really nice place to work, but it's a bit more than that, isn't there? Yeah, no, there's so, there's so much more than that. And that's again, why wellness can't just be like pinpointed to one thing. Like you can't just say, Oh, well, I went to the gym today. I am well, <laughs> you know, if you're, if you're going through some really intense emotional, you know, emotional trauma or grief, that also really has to do with your overall wellness and your overall well being. Um, and so really making sure that you are making sure that you are addressing all of the ele- all of the elements. Obviously, you're not going to hit all of them in one go, but to look at each part of your life. And when I really build well-being strategies with clients, with organizations, we really do look at all of these individual factors because they all add up to that whole. And I love that you use the word holistic, even though it's become slightly benign um, and people use it just as a kind of blanket term of like, yes, it's holistic. Um, But it really does have to do with the fact that you have to treat the whole in order to, you have to look at the whole in order to treat the parts um, Mm -hmm. and making sure that there are, there are like different, there are different things being looked at. So it's socially, I know socially for a lot of us, we had a huge drop off during the pandemic of being isolated and alienated from the people that we love, not being able to see um, our loved ones in person. But how were you looking after yourself socially? Were you still keeping those connections? I know a lot of people may have withdrawn themselves and just been in the state where they were in their homes and they didn't speak to anyone. But like socially, we all need to keep those connections up. And that may mean you have to reach out to people. That may mean that you have to actually make an effort to, you know, send a message or join a support group or join something that you are feeding your need for social connection and your need for social engagement. That's just one example. Physically, we all need to move our bodies every single day. We are in a we're currently in another another um, epidemic of sitting being a huge part, a huge a huge part of our culture. So we're we're all just sitting for hours and hours a day, not moving our bodies, and that that can create some pretty detrimental long term effects. If I'm being honest, so making sure that we're getting up and moving our bodies for at least thirty minutes a day is so important. That can look like whatever it it feels good for you whatever feels good for you whether it's getting up and taking a walk around your neighborhood a walk around your house maybe it's just doing a little bit of light zumba maybe it's doing a bit of yoga maybe it's doing a bit of tai chi or stretching whatever it looks like you have to move your body and that's your that's your physical obligation of having of being in this meat suit you know it just really it really does mean that you have to take care of it in these different ways and think about again what it means for you to be well then we're also now in mental health awareness month and mental health is such a huge topic another another pandemic that we are also in the midst of really not being able to you know give ourselves what we need mentally whether that's just time away from screens, that's time away from all the constant onslaught of notifications, alerts, media, news, all of the things that are constantly trying to pull at our attention that are really, really, again, detrimental to our mental health. So thinking about these things as parts really starts to add up to the whole picture. So 
maybe obviously you can't just hide yourself under a rock and, and hope that, hope that all of these things resolve themselves. Um, but maybe it means setting boundaries around like, I'm not going to wake up in the morning and just look at my phone instantly. I'm going to take a few moments and take a, a few deep breaths, just ground myself into my body, or I'm going to take a walk around my neighborhood, take a, do some breathing. Um, and that, and that's going to be really good for my physical and my mental health. It's also going probably going to be good for your emotional health to clear your head, mm. to get anything that you're, you're, you know, you're feeling or thinking out. Maybe it means writing down some of the things that you're feeling. So giving yourself these small tools and practices and making them a practice, because that's also the thing about wellness. It's not just something that happens. You went to the gym and you checked your box. It's really something that has to be a practice, a daily routine. Mm. It's a lifelong journey. It's not just one and done. And <clears throat> you've been talking a lot of stuff there, really good stuff, really helpful stuff um, in you. terms of individuals there. And obviously it is about individuals ultimately. Um, but thinking about organizations, thinking about workplaces, um, and thinking about how wellness uh, is becoming a, an important uh, foundation or aspect of, of an organization now in terms of looking after your people and having that mm -hmm. sense of responsibility. What, what's your view on where does the response, responsibility lie in terms of is it with the employee or is it with the employer on the wellness of their people? I think it lies with both, to be completely honest with you, because, again, wellness actually really needs to be a cultural shift within the organization. So it needs to be something that is prioritized, just like I was saying, on a day-to-day -day basis. It is a practice. So if you're going to build a well-being culture in an organization, there needs to be practices that are already you know, implemented into the culture. We have a Mindful Monday, or we have a, a quarterly break where we, we do a well-being activity together as a team. And those things become that consistent you know, it's a consistent show of exactly how much the organization cares about the wellness of the individual. If there is that representation and that care of the individual, then the individual has more onus to actually take care of themselves as well. Wow. So it's, it's almost, it, it goes very much hand in hand of like the organization showing that they care about the individual and the individual caring more about themselves. So whether it's something that, again, may, may get sent out as, a weekly a weekly wellness email or a weekly well-being tip it's so easy to implement these things to just send out you know here are a few stretches that you can do at your desk in order to in order to help your employees you know feel like they can move their bodies a little bit more maybe you send out a notification every single day at noon to get up and walk away from your screen just for a little just for a 5 minute break um, maybe it means, maybe it means, you know, setting a mindful, a mindful moment right before your meetings where everyone just takes a breath together. These are things that can be very easily implemented into a workplace culture that then again, starts to get people thinking about how they can start implementing these things into their own lives, into their own days. And it's all just a knock on domino effect of wellness. And, and have you got an example, I don't have to name the company, but a company you've worked with where you've not only done those, I suppose, I would say the tactical things you're talking about, but made it a bit more, I suppose, a strategic cultural part of their business. And they've actually seen a difference and it's actually 
not only impacted the, the wellness of the people, however they measure that. I'm sure there's ways of measuring it. Um, lots of apps out there now, lots of um, surveys, all sorts of things, uh, engagement surveys and all that type of thing. Um, and productivity and profits. Have you got an example? You must have a few that you've picked up in the last couple of years. Absolutely. We So one of my favorite examples, because it was just so stark to see how much it shifted once the company actually started prioritizing it. We worked with a tech company that was remote first and remote forever. So they were a remote only company. They would, they had never worked in person together. They'd all been virtually onboarded. So they had a very disconnected company culture. They didn't necessarily all, you know, want to be on screen with each other as a team. And when they were, they were extremely disconnected, disengaged. Everyone was working on their own things. So we started just implementing a Mindful Monday where we literally just did 10 minutes of breathing exercises for this team. Um, and you, we, would initiate, you would initiate this for them? I mean, take the Yeah, yeah. so we, 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 have our, we have our facilitators who, who do, who do the, the sessions for us. And at first they were like, we don't have more than 10 minutes. We only have 10 minutes for this. It's not, it's not possible that anyone will give you more attention than 10 minutes. So, you know what, I, I'm a, I love it. I love a good challenge. And so, so we definitely took that, we took that on. We did this 10 minute, we did this 10 minute breathing exercise with them every single Monday. Um, and their team was, their team was really, again, everyone's cameras were off when we first started. Everyone was really, everyone was really disconnected. We asked like, Hey, where are you joining from? Please like, let us know what, what, you, like where, where you're at. Let us know how this feels for you. First session, not a whole lot of engagement, but those, those 10 initial people came back to the second session. Then that second session, more people were on the session and maybe one person's camera was on. Then the whole team was on the next session and two people's cameras were on. And then slowly over the weeks that we were doing it, more people started to come on camera, more people started to come on screen. And it was so interesting to see how just implementing this thing that was not a Zoom meeting, not just a talking head at the screen, that was actually asking for participation, actually engaging these people as people rather than as just, you know, like bots behind a computer screen, mm -hmm. really started to actually engage them into realizing that, huh, this is something that this is something that really makes me feel good in my body. And now we're up to 45 minute sessions twice a week. And that's a really, really fantastic wow. thing to just have as a to just have as a as a practice for for their team because it's really grounding to connect to your breath. And we always talk about the breath being maybe the simplest but most potent way to bring yourself into a state of productivity, a state of focus, a state of creativity, because it takes you out of your head and out of that very, mm. you know, mentally swirling space back into your body and back into your rest, digest, and de-stress response. We have so much information now about our fight or flight response, you know, our sympathetic nervous system mm. really getting activated. And a lot of us are living in that state day to day. We're all living in this really highly wired, highly reactive state where everything has to be done right now. Mm. Everything is a threat. And that is a very primal part of our, you know, our human nature. It is a mm. very ancient part of our reptilian brains. However, now that we have more information, we are in a different time, we're in a different space. We now have this information to be able to use our tools, our breath being one of them, to, again, regulate ourselves, to bring ourselves out of the state of actually 
my, you know, my colleague who sent me an email last night at a time that I really couldn't respond is not a saber-toothed tiger that's threatening my life. It's just something that I need to set boundaries around, you know, something that I need to then bring myself into my state of actually this is not going to work for me right now, but maybe I can respond to this in a different kind of way rather than reacting and flying off the handle. Mm. And that's, again, it is the simplest way to bring ourselves back to our, our natural state. So that company went from... 10 minutes to 45 minutes once a week twice a week uh, which which in itself is a success um what did you get any understanding of the benefits that coming back in terms of feedback or Mm. productivity or just the um the culture of the business was there other sort of things you could pick up on yeah, I think the one the one huge piece of feedback is that it was so nice to have the company actually give them an, an initiative that showed that they cared, that the company cared about them as individuals. Um, and again, it was something that was completely optional. It, they, we did not mandate it for the team. We did not force the team to show up. People just spoke about it and spoke about how effective it was for them. Mm. They've also started a wellness Slack channel now where they share different resources. They share different well-being books, different, and I, I, I saw them sharing meditations. I saw, saw them sharing different things that really, that really, again, I, I'm not recommending these things. But these are things that people can then start to connect over because mm. if it works for one person, it probably works for someone else. Um, and these are just things that can also build that deeper team bond and team connection mm. to actually make it, make it, a human first experience rather than again, a, a digital experience. Cause we, we have so many zoom meetings. We're all living on zoom. And so to make something a little bit more than just a zoom meeting to mm. really engage people, engage their senses, engage what they're, what they're thinking, engage where they are at as individuals is so necessary as well, because just living on zoom and being like from meeting to meeting to meeting they're, they're, obviously zoom fatigue is a very real thing. So really starting to address that on uh, an, a tangible and actionable level is important. And it seems that what, what you did with that company, that you, they obviously they had an intent, they had a, a commitment to it as well. And the fact that you've been doing it, I don't know how long, but probably still doing uh, Zoom. Is that, is that still happening now, is it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so you, you've embedded something, which is obviously then shifts culture and has really had a real positive impact. Absolutely. What's your thoughts on where people think I want to address this wellness thing <clears throat> and therefore I need to bring in somebody, perhaps yourself, who will do a few webinars here, a few Monday motivational things or Mindful Monday, whatever it may be, and dare I say like sticking plaster on the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, how do we address that? How do we sort of challenge that I guess and I'm sure you might have clients who perhaps come to you that with that sort of thinking absolutely and yeah that's also kind of that was some that was one of the reasons that we tried to veer away and stop doing just once-off sessions because we were just seeing teams see it as something that they could just do once for their team and then it's one and done and like now you're well right we did a stress reduction webinar you're good (laughs) for the rest of the year However, there are so many more things that need to happen. There's more follow-up, and it really comes down to consistency. It really comes down to, again, making it a part mm. of the actual culture so that there is that change 
to be like, this is something we just expect from our organization because this is what our organization stands for. It's a it's a pillar of your actual mm. your actual manifesto. You have to have to have that as what that well-being almost built in and integrated into the very fiber of the organization. It can't just be we had a webinar and now now everything's okay. There need to be, you know, this needs firstly, wellness is a C-level conversation. It's not just an HR function. HR has enough to do. HR has enough to worry about and people and experience and all of these things. They have enough to think about in terms of how their people are engaging and 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 all of that. This is this comes from a leadership level, and that really means leaders taking care of themselves so that this trickles down in the organization. If leaders are going, you know, leaders are going on different retreats and having time together to think about how are we keeping ourselves well, how are we thinking about the wellness of our organization, that trickles down all the way down to to the employee that's just been onboarded um, and really needs the support of their uh, the support of their leaders because their leaders will be checking in with them and being like, how are you finding it here? How is this going for you? It's already ingrained into the culture. Mm. And that's really what it takes. It takes a top-down change and a top-down transformation. So that means consistency and that means committing to this in a long-term, a long-term scale. Yeah, it's important to <clears throat> make sure any cultural change is a, is a, a top-level uh, sort of initiative and a strategic intent that needs to be done. Um, and you made another valid point there about it's that role modeling piece. Uh, it's all very well making it strategic intent. Actually, the individuals at leadership level have to start doing it themselves. And yeah. whether that's making sure they turn up to any events that perhaps you've organized or demonstrating, you know, be more mindful for full meetings uh, mm-hmm. and almost be the role model because that's what people pick up on. That's what people see and go, well, they're doing it. They're walking the talk, so to speak. That's really important. Yeah. Isn't it? Yeah, a hundred percent. That's what leadership is. It's about it's about walking what you're talking and actually believing what you are what you are saying, um, and and showing people that that's that is what that is what you what you believe rather than just fancy words. Because so many people are jumping on these bandwagons. Yes, wellness and sustainability, and yeah, we're here for we're here for the change. But are you actually living it? That is that is really what it's going to take for the business to succeed and to move forward. Mm. So just going back to you mentioned breathing techniques and and, and you talked a lot about breathing, uh, which is interesting because um I don't know, you've you've obviously heard of Wim Hof, I presume, in terms of the ice Um I've I've been doing well cold water swimming since uh, January this year. Um, wonderful and started to feel the benefits of that in terms of mindfulness with it because you're in the moment very much in the moment when you're cold um and the the, the, the celebration of of success of of doing it itself yeah um, and then also we, i do it with friends so it's just like a social aspect to it all yeah um and i don't get i've not got much into the breathing as yet uh although i did have a a cold shower today for the first time i realized yeah. that's quite intense so just it'd be interesting how do we bring that the breathing aspect into the the workplace without being weird or strange or odd because do you know what i mean it could be a little bit seem as you know got this tarange you can talk about breathing we can't start doing breathing techniques in a meeting before how how does that work honestly it all starts with awareness um and to be honest we the thing is most of us don't think about our breath 
we don't we don't think about it. So the entry to a breathwork practice is to just become aware of your breath, to become aware of how you're breathing, mm. where you're breathing. Is your breath sitting up here in your chest? Because usually that chest breath is associated with our fight or flight response. We're in this we're in this moment of like something happens, we hold our breath. And we never really allow that breath to move down and travel into our shoulders. And you see, when I take deeper breaths, my shoulders drop, mm. my voice gets a little bit deeper. I ground a little bit more into my diaphragm. That's why, mm. I mean, you know, anyone who has been trained in any kind of speaking has some training around breathing because you have to understand how to control your breath when you speak you know, or when you sing or when you're projecting your voice in any mm. way. And that means, again, taking breaths that are into your belly. And the belly also helps. Obviously, there's so many different vital organs that we are stimulating when we send our breath down into our belly, specifically our gut mm. um, and our phrenic nerve, which is innervating all of those, those, vital, those vital organs as well. So that really helps to start to regulate are and activate our rest, digest, de-stress response, or our parasympathetic nervous system. So again, the if you think about the, the nervous system, there's two parts, the sympathetic nervous system, fight or flight, and parasympathetic nervous system, rest, digest, de-stress. So if you're thinking sympathetic, it's all up here in your head. And these are things that one, obviously when you're under attack, all of those, those resting responses are going to shut off because they're not necessary if you're trying to if you're actually trying to run for your life or to survive however we're not always in survival mode so giving ourselves that opportunity to come into a rested state helps us to be clearer or and more focused and again that just comes with awareness of like am i just breathing like this that's not very relaxed breathing that is breath that is you're 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 running from a predator, I'd, I'd hope. Um, however, if you if you really start to think about it and you start to move it down, and just take some deeper breaths, hmm. and maybe that just maybe it's just setting a timer at the top of every hour. It doesn't have to be a whole you know spiritual experience where you're doing these like <sighs> kinds of breaths, <laughs> like Vim Hof sometimes purports in breath work. Because you need those breaths when you're jumping into cold water sometimes. You do need that because it brings you back into your present and it helps you to, it does help you because you are in a survival state when you're jumping into freezing cold water because your body's trying not to die from hypothermia. However, if you are actually trying to just, you know, send a, send a casual email or check in with some colleagues after a meeting or write up a proposal, you don't need that. You don't need that stress. So maybe even just before you start a new activity at work, just become aware of how am I breathing right now? Where mm. is my breath traveling? Am I, am I holding my breath? Am I letting my breath move into my belly? Maybe, I, maybe taking a hand and putting it on your belly and just taking a nice full breath, long breath out, and then continuing with the rest of your work. Because that can also very easily just bring you back, right mm. back into the present moment, right into your current state, rather than being in the future or in the past. And there, that's often so, so often where we live when we don't need to. That's really helpful. And I like that. The fact that you can literally do it at your desk and it's not a, a thing. And it's almost, as you say, it goes back to what you said before, this 
creating daily habits, being sustainable, consistency, and 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 you touched on a thing there, a whole host of stuff about that self-awareness piece of, you know, why am I feeling like this? What what's triggering this? And being more mindful of that. Um, and as you say, you you get that when you you're more in the moment, and just by stopping to know your breath actually causes you to be in the moment just by anything else. You can't do anything else except just think about your breath, and that's really helpful. I could exactly. talk for you for a long time, Taryn. Um, <laughs> fascinating Thanks. stuff, interesting stuff. Um, if people are really interested in, A, what you're talking about, and a bit more about your company that does uh, remote wellness, um, how may they sort of get in touch with you and connect with you? Amazing. Well, yeah, if you're interested in connecting with me, I am Taryn Kelmayer on all the social medias. I'll spell that out. T-A-R-I-N-C-A-L-M-E-Y-E-R. I'll also send you all my links to my LinkedIn, my Instagram and whatnot. And I, I share a lot of different well-being techniques and wellness techniques to, you know, to help the, to help, uh, to help with all of this in, you know, on the, in the everyday and help integrate these tips into your life. If you're interested in working with remote team wellness, we, you can find us at remoteteamwellness.com or on all the social medias at remote team wellness. Thank you very much for your time today, Taryn. Thank you so much for the conversation. I've really enjoyed talking to you, Jillian. Thank you. Thank you for taking the time to listen to this episode. If you do like this episode, then please do rate, review, and share with your friends and colleagues. As a coaching practice, we coach high-performing leaders and teams with extreme ambitions. We'll help you to go beyond what you believe is possible. If this sounds like you, then let's have a conversation with me. Contact me at julianrobertsconsulting.com. <laughs>